But I'll tell you beforehand, when the cars were lined up at LCSC and the families and the graduates, that was the thrill of a lifetime to be able to walk around and see the kids and the parents so excited mm-hmm. and cars decorated. And Some of them were just awesome. It the was. Oh, and the community was. support when oh, you drove yeah. through the town. I mean, people came out. It was so mm-hmm. incredible to see all the, the you know support that the that Lewiston community gave to all these seniors. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was really neat. All along the stretch. Today on Old Spiral Podcast, we have a two-for-one of recently retired Lewiston High School faculty, the Bunks. Scott and Marianne moved to the Valley to fill vacant positions in the mid-80s and have since called the Valley home. Scott, or Mr. Funk as he may be better known, taught many flavors of history, perhaps the most favored being history of rock and roll. Mrs. Funk guided young minds through the library shelves, and they both have done so much for the school and the community. We were very excited to have them in and talk with two people who helped make this valley the wonderful place that it is. Stay tuned. Most people might know you as Mr. and Mrs. Funk. Should, that's how we should say it. Yeah, well. <laughs> but now we don't have to be so formal. Exactly. You guys have retired. But I never got to take uh, your class, which I'm a little bit disappointed in because, you know, I like music. Um, I know you did a few classes, but uh, yeah. so you must have been, let's see, that was LHS. Yeah, I, I don't know why I never did, but history of rock and roll would seem to be right up my alley. Drew took it. I did. I took that class. I was also a TA for that class. Yeah, he was. I was a TA for AP European History as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and learned a lot in both, and it was really fun to go through two times through history of rock and roll, you know, once as a student and once again as a TA, and you, you learn a lot. Yeah. So how did you guys get um, started in education? Did you, did you plan for that before you went into college, or, or how did that start? Well, for me, I knew my parents said, you're going to school, and um, I think you heard last week we passed that on to our kids. And I do remember <laughs> that, yeah. And so um, also by tradition, I attended a four-year liberal arts Mennonite college in Kansas named Bethel. And um, eventually met Scott there. But I always loved English, so I went heavily into that curriculum. And I was also really interested in libraries. But I just felt like getting a degree in education, secondary education with teaching English, would be the most practical way to go. So that's what I started in. And for me, I, I always had a love for history when I was in high school. And so... I went to Bethel College, too, of course, which is where I met Marianne, and um, just enjoyed the history I had. And I took a year off to go do voluntary service in Europe. And when I would travel around Europe with my friends, I found myself giving these history lectures at all these different places we went to. And my friends seemed to be interested in what I would say. And so when I went back home, I told my family about the places I went. And my sister, who was already going into education, said, you should be a teacher. My father was a teacher, and so I thought, 
that's something I should look into. What kind of uh, history were you interested uh, back then, and has it changed oh, much? Or uh, just all European of it? history was was my be all end all. I loved European history and uh, world history because of the classes I took in college. It's only when I started getting hired as a teacher in high school that my American history became a big part of, of what I taught as well as what I enjoyed. So both. And then towards the very end, as you alluded earlier, um, I got an opportunity to start a class at Lewiston High School called uh, uh, History of Rock and Roll, which is a social history of rock and roll. It's not a music appreciation course per se, but um, that really kind of hit all the bells for me as far as all the things that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I mean, there is a large, not only a social influence on rock and roll, but a rock and roll influence on our social fabric itself. Um, Music often reflects the values that society holds at the time or the struggles or the, just the issues of the day. And it can, it can um, you know, pass that down throughout years and years and years. Music of the 60s can be just as relevant today in 2020 as it was back then. And so it's, it's really cool, especially with that class. It, a lot of my students learned how music progressed over time because we'd start in the 30s with blues and work our way into, you know, rock and roll and so forth. And and uh, there's a lot of my students who had never heard of bands like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or the Who or... Uh, that seems crazy. I know. <laughs> but, you know, I, one of my favorite notes I got from one of my students uh, after she took my course was that uh, she said... Thank you for teaching me how to enjoy old people's music. Oh, <laughs> how sweet. <laughs> well, I just thought one of the coolest things about it was, in that course in particular, is you kind of get to start to triangulate and earmark in your mind, oh, well, the civil rights movement pairs with this particular band or this particular song or even this record label, um, like Stax, for example, yeah. or something like that. Um Whereas otherwise, you kind of have these floating pieces of knowledge in your mind where you've heard of these things, but then you can kind of connect them together in one way. Um, and again, I think that's just something that unless if you're really interested in history, a lot of, a lot of kids aren't going to be exposed to that line of thinking. So just being in that class allows them to sort of weave everything together and make sense of things while being entertained and engaged. Yeah, it's a... I found it also very interesting because today a lot of kids will get their music through streaming service. You know, I when I started the class and think it was 2007 when we went to the block schedule. Yeah. And um, I would I had a I had a large collection of vinyl records which I had digitized and I burned them onto CD and I'd make the kids check out CDs to listen to them. Well, the last five six years everybody's on Spotify and so on and hardly anybody has a CD player. And uh, so I would still made them listen to the albums that I had. Um, it Rolling Stone put out uh, top 500 most important record, you know, albums of all time, and I'd pick from there. And a lot of kids had problems with that because they're not used to listening to albums, per se, as they are to listening to songs. Mm -hmm. And they'd like this song by this artist and this song by this artist, but they're more interested in the song than they are the artist. And a lot of the... Lately, what I found was that a lot of kids learn more about the artists of the music they had heard and then grew to appreciate that more because of that because they only just like songs they didn't see things as you know a complete work of art or as an album as a set 
Right. Yeah, or even a compilation like 2112 or something. Right. Oh. But yeah. Yeah, that's what exactly what Bob Thorson was saying uh, when we were talking about kind of the last days of Pepperland Records was that people were just coming in and they liked songs. Mm-hmm. We would talk to kids and they would... Well, we're, we're of that generation that's kind of in both camps because we had access right. to music online, but... Like, when I would find out a band, my very first thing that I wanted to do was start to listen to it in chronological order. So I'd want to find the very first thing that they put out and then get all the way up to the current day. But, yeah, it is interesting how it's almost more like a mixtape culture type of thing with, yeah, just peeling songs from here and there and sort of just liking the song more than the artist. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's you know, also very 50s. Yeah. Because when the 50s, everybody was buying 45s, you know, because they were cheap, they were you know, easily obtainable for teenagers. And again, it was just about the song. It wasn't necessarily about the artist. And so most of those artists of the 50s are one hit or two hit wonders because if you didn't constantly put out new hit songs, you would be forgotten in a couple of months. And albums were an afterthought, you know. And if they put an album together, it was designed around how do I have a hit song, hit song, hit song, not a concept, not a an album as a whole. Right. And yeah. so... In many ways, we're, we've gone back to what they did in the 50s. Right. Yeah, definitely. Big circles, huh? <laughs> um, I, I guess we should uh, we should come clear and, 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 and say this right up front. You guys are fans of Old Spiral Podcast. And yes, you, we are. And I believe you guys do contribute to our Patreon, which yes, we, we do. appreciate. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure. It just said uh, The Funk or something like that in the username. <laughs> I thought, I bet I know who that is. <laughs> and uh, so we appreciate that. We appreciate you listening. And uh, I don't think we actually mentioned it yet. We had uh, your son Henry on last week. Uh, he was the firefighter singer extraordinaire that uh, played a couple songs for us. And I thought that was really nice. And... Uh, in case he didn't tell you, I sent him audio files with those full songs, so he better pass them along to you. Oh, thank oh, you. Uh, thank you, yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> so on the show, as you know, we like to celebrate all the best people and places and things about the Valley, and I think that you guys are definitely a part of that and that you've touched so many lives oh. through being educators. And, and um, you know, we we just wanted to dive into that. How, how long have you guys how long did you teach and how long were you in the library there? Well, and I hate to interrupt, but I don't think we ever gave your formal title. Like, what grade did you teach? And, and then you were a librarian. I don't think, I don't know if I mentioned that. We were talking yeah. about it beforehand, so I have no idea what I've said. <laughs> so I, our first year in education was in Kansas, and I taught freshman English. I taught freshman world history at Hutchison High School in Hutchison, Kansas. It was a 5A school about the size of Lewiston. It was a four-year school. And I had seven classes of freshman world history. And I had seven classes of ninth grade English. Which is and why we no, left after one and year. No and class, <laughs> no classroom. Yeah, no she, classroom. She I had floated. to travel every classroom with the kids down the hall with my AV cart and books. And it was... Interesting. Oh, wow. Uh, remember the time that um, a kid tried to sell you weed? <laughs> <laughs> we have to hear this story. Well, I may have looked a little bit young back then. I don't know. But, yeah, he asked me if I was in the market for some weed, and I said, not today. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what ramifications did he face from that, if any? 
Oh, I don't remember. I think, I think you said, well, I'll just come here. And you walked him to the principal's office, and he's like, why are we going in here? And you then explained to him that you were a teacher at the high school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I did my job, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a good idea to do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. So what brought you to um, Lewiston from Kansas? Was yeah, it a how, straight shot? Or how did you? you find out about Lewiston? Well, so I grew up in southeastern Idaho. Oh, okay. And um, we, I had a really good summer-paying job working for the Soil Conservation Service all through college. So I would come home every summer and do that job. And so then I just, since we were going into education, even after we were married, I kept that job. And then Scott picked up a job in the small community I grew up in, which is Aberdeen, Idaho. Shout out to all you tigers (laughs) Um, near Pocatello, Idaho, if that gives you any reference. At any rate, um, one of my great aunts and uncles was having an anniversary, and one of their sons was in town, and he happened to live in Lewiston. And they were asking us about where we were going to teach. And we had, at that point, already um, resigned from our our jobs in Kansas. We just really both felt like we wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest. And we're actually thinking more like Seattle, Portland, like every young couple. (laughs) We wanted to get somewhere exciting. And um, this is um, my cousin mentioned that Lewiston was looking for some teachers, and we ought to apply. And so we did, and... I got a phone call. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And they said, can you be here tomorrow for a 9 o'clock interview? And I said, sure. And then I got off the phone. I said, okay, where's Lewiston? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my mother-in-law said, Lewiston, Idaho? You guys better get on the road now. <laughs> My goodness. So I, I had never been farther north than Boise in Idaho. Uh-oh. And so we were driving through the Payette River Valley and all of that windy part when it was dark out. And just uh, wondering what in the world. I think we got into Lewiston like at 1 o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. knocked on her cousin's door. Yeah. <laughs> he knew we were coming. We just, you know... And so we woke up the next morning, and, you know, I grew up in Kansas. I'm a flatlander originally, and so I walked out and looked over and saw the Lewiston Hill and said, hey, mountains. (laughs) (laughs) My first thing was, what is that smell? Right. Yeah. Of course. Money. Yeah. 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 Oh, I I heard that quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So then um, Scott interviewed, and I was – they didn't have any English openings, but they had passed a bond levy to start libraries in elementary schools. And um, that sounded interesting to me. And I thought if I did that, I could go back to school and, and get my librarian endorsement, then work on my master's, which it all worked out perfectly. And that's how it happened. I started at McSorley for two years, and then the high school librarian retired, and I got that job. So all total, back to your original question, we've each got 35 years in education. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So originally there weren't physical libraries in the elementary schools? Or well, some of them had like rooms with, like I was at McSorley, and when I got there, they had books in shopping carts. And <laughs> I mean, it was bi- basically they had collections of books, and they called it a library, but nothing was cataloged or organized. Um, um, parent volunteers came in and did the best they could do, but you know how it is. And so we... Um, 
we cataloged everything. We got everything on an online catalog. Um, Dewey Decimal System did the whole thing. And then I had some fifth and sixth grade boys who were really upset with me because at that time, Choose Your Own Adventure books were really popular. Right. And I took them from their secret hiding place oh. and put them in the collection. <laughs> I assured them that I would always help them find them and it would all be okay. And They could choose their own adventure to help to get, bu- yeah. find the books. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nice spinoff, Drew. <laughs> yeah, so, Lewiston was pretty progressive in the fact that there wasn't a lot of elementary schools that had libraries up to that point. So, So what year would that have been? 86. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I just didn't realize that. I guess I took that for granted that just every school had a library. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So, so initially, what, what grades and what classes did you teach when you, when you well, moved up here? When I first was hired, I was hired for, uh, let's see, I taught U.S. government to 12th graders. I taught U.S. history to 11th graders and world history to... I'm trying to remember. I guess that was a, a sophomore class. And um, I did that for two years. And then one afternoon I was told that they were reducing the number of teachers and that they were hoping there would be a position for me at Jennifer the next year. Otherwise, I was going to be let go. And uh, the, print, the, the teacher at Jennifer did retire. So then I went to Jennifer for three years, and I taught 7th and 8th grade history and Idaho history. And being born and raised in Kansas, that was uh, that meant we had to spend another summer down in Aberdeen so I could go to ISU and take classes at uh, on Idaho history, and and then I was athletic director at, at Jennifer for two of those years, and then an opening of the high school opened, and then I went back, and by that time she had already gone from McSorley mm-hmm. to the high school. I think that was what, 92, 91? Yeah, we had three. Well, you were there for three years, so yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Uh-huh. 91. I think in the fall of 91, I was back at the high school. And I, and there I been, I taught American Civ, which was a U.S. history, uh, American lit combination course, um, government, world history. And then later when we went to the block schedule, I started teaching AP U.S. history, AP European history, and history of rock and roll. Yeah. So did that become a lot more difficult for you after after the block schedule came into place because you're having to sort of shift gears really rapidly or was it was it a pretty easy transition? Cuz oh. I remember that it was it was really different. We mm-hmm. you were at LHS when that happened also, right, Brian? Yeah, I totally remember this. Yeah, when we started going to the A day B day schedule. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember the A day B day schedule. I yeah. Didn't realize that I was there for the switch. Yeah. Yeah, I think our sophomore year it was... Did you graduate in 2010? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say our sophomore year was yes. just normal, and then it went to the 8A, B-Day mm-hmm. schedule after that. And it, mm. Yeah, normal was 55-minute periods, and you had the same six classes every day. Right. And with the block schedule, you have them for 88 minutes, and you get four classes, which you have every other day. So you end up taking eight courses over the course of the semester. And for teachers, it was a completely different way of teaching because you you were not going to see your kids every day, mm-hmm. and you end up net having less time with them over the course of the semester. Plus, I volunteered to start two new courses, AP Euro and History Rock and Roll. So it was it was a lot of challenges just in those first few years. But um, 
I've always said this to my fellow teachers. Uh, it's always a good thing to take a cha- you know take on challenge to change what you've done mm-hmm. and try something new. It it uh, it always seems to be a good thing for me in the long run. Right. So I've always had this question, I guess, about the way that it works in high school curriculums. Do you sort of get to design your classes or is there like a state standard that you have to follow? Um, Like you said, you got to introduce two new courses. Um, Like if you were a professor at a college, for example, they're going to kind of design that. How does that work in in public schools? Well, um, there are there is a standardized um, requirement for curriculum as far as what schools have to offer and what they can teach. Um, beyond that, schools can add add more things. And uh, when we went to the block schedule, um, they basically approached all the departments and said, uh, what courses, since we're going to be opening up a lot more classes, we'll have an opportunity for a lot more electives, what courses would you like to teach? And we already had in the social studies department an AP government class and an AP U.S. history class that I was teaching. And I looked at the AP program and government senior U.S. History's junior and a Euro is sophomore, and I thought that would be an excellent way to introduce kids to the AP program. So I volunteered that, and then I said I always wanted to teach history of rock and roll, and everybody in my department thought that sounded good, and so then we put that forth to the to the administration, and they basically let the students vote. What courses would you guys like to see offered next year? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember that. Okay. And. And then I'm, I actually happen to be the English department chair. And so your question about what does the state require and whatnot, every, the core curricular areas like math, English, social studies, science, there are certain courses you have to have every Absolutely. year, graduation mm-hmm. requirements. So in our department, if you're teaching one of those core classes, you make sure you're teaching to the standards that the state you know, has put up. And then English is also an area where there's state standardized testing so we're accountable that we are getting the content that way but just like in the social studies department our teachers and our english department had the opportunity to come up with new courses um, for electives for kids who really had an affinity to language and reading so we had a contemporary novels course that cheryl flory taught we had creative writing that that class is still really strong we've had a number of teachers who have taught that um a film study course came into our department, mythology, classical heroes. Um, so it's been, it's been a good thing. The students have really liked the electives. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, other, um, and Emmett Doherty started the history of sports and, sports entertainment. and entertainment. Yeah. I took class. that one too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And yeah. That was fun. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of opportunities and, and it just, it, uh, for me, it was fun because I got to, I was just talking to my uh, niece earlier today, I got to read Rolling Stone magazine as research for my class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and listen to your favorite bands. Yeah, and, exactly. that's the excuse he used to read. Right. He's just exactly. like, Scott, come on, we got to go. This yeah. is for research. Yeah. It's for the kids. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and it's it's really great for a teacher, I could have witnessed this to have an elective like that yes because you get students who want to be in the course Mm -hmm. and um the the standard curriculum the required core courses are what they are and you can make them exciting and fun and most teachers do but to get something that's 
what you create, which you alluded to, is just a great opportunity and yeah. something teachers really thrive on. Well, it probably helps them break up the monotony in their schedule, like you said. Absolutely. I mean, you if you had to teach the exact same classes every single day in oh. and out for years. Some, some teachers mm-hmm. like that. I was never one of those. Yeah. Um, you know, that first year I taught just nothing but world history to the freshmen for seven classes in a row, I would, you know, by the seventh day, I'm like, I'm not sure what I said. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. did we cover this already? You know, that kind of thing. But I, I like the breakup schedule. I mean, my 35 years, um, majority of the time I taught at least three different classes. Mm-hmm. Another good thing that came out of all that change was we have a lot more dual credit offerings. Oh, yeah. Right? Like history of rock and roll, dual credit with U of I. For a while it was, yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. And then um, our psych and social classes for what were um, dual credit through LCSC. Mm-hmm. And that, just a number of our math courses and yeah. and a lot of our Accounting. vocational tech mm-hmm. courses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, I took, I, I was able to take psychology that was dual credit and then accounting and I think there was a couple more but I can't remember right off the top of my head mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean I definitely enjoyed it as a student more when it switched over to that and I'm sure they're going to carry that on with the new high school yeah. when, it's, when yes. it's completed mm-hmm. I think I almost took psych as a dual credit and the class was full and someone really wanted to take it so I volunteered to go and do lab band instead <laughs> and that's actually how Brian and I met, was in lab band. Is that right? Yes. Oh, okay. We had lab band together, and uh, we were metri- mutual friends with uh, Liam Sparsons, who, ah, yeah. whose dad is Ray, who teaches at LC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I remember that, too. <laughs> and we'd go in the auditorium, and I don't yes, know how much I how that. much music got played, but I played jokes. Music. <laughs> yeah, a lot of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't uh, rigorous by any means, but uh, it was fun. It was, it was definitely. Well, I mean, time to play is where you actually... Are creative. In, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, we were very creative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> you might not have called it rigor, but it probably taught you something. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Social skills. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, did both of you retire this year? Yes. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So... June 1st was our last day. Nice. That was Elliot's birthday. So oh. We're almost on two weeks of retirement now. So how, how is it? Is it, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, does it feel different now? Because generally well, you go into summer anyway, so. Well, we, we've always participated in, she did the summer reading program and I taught summer school. So uh, I think the last time I didn't have a summer off was uh, in the last century. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, Scott likes to say we started teaching in the nineteen hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been. It, you know, everyone said, "Oh, you won't believe how relaxing it is," and we have been on a, a dead run. I'm still helping um, with moving the library. We just got it all boxed up this last week, and. It takes 350 Home Depot boxes to pack <laughs> the LHS library, if anyone wants that statistic. Yeah, you're missing out on the new high school, too. Yeah. yeah. But but it's for the community. They, yeah. It wasn't built for us. Sure. And it's, uh, we're a minor chapter and a masterpiece. Yeah, and we're so excited to see that yeah. that's going to take off on this fall. And it's going to be such a great gem for this community. 
It really is. Yeah. And we really think we'll enjoy the view from Clearwater Canyon cellars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my uh, my father-in-law actually also retired this year. And so, uh, you know, finding new ways to fill your time. And you were telling me that you were, you know, moving some records around. and well, I did that uh, during our COVID-cation, I guess you could call it that. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, the last, it was really strange to say goodbye to the students on the 16th of March. And no, not, no, the third Friday thir- the 13th. 13th. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But we didn't know no, when we, we were saying, goodbye. have a nice weekend, that it was going to be, and summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we did the whole, you know, internet teaching online type thing, but it's not the same. And so. No. It's so, not. But I, I just, I figured, you know, once we got to about the middle of April, I, we're not coming back physically. Really? So I just started hauling stuff home. Well, and I imagine it was a little bittersweet being the last year that you're going to teach that you don't gotta get to, like, sort of finish it out and, and say goodbye to your favorite students and that kind of thing. But I, I'm sure it does feel good to be done and, and mm-hmm. be able to look back on everything that you have done. Yeah, um, we are trying to... Um, look at the long game instead of that last part because it was really tough. I mean, we have so many good friends that we've made at LHS. Teachers, staff, I mean, you know, and kids too, yeah. But the kids, that's always a rotating cast, you know. Right. It's it's the the support personnel at the the school and, and you know, your compadres that you work with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not having that chance, that that was a bummer, but, you know. We did get a great send off, and we got we to yeah. we got to ride in the 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 senior parade that they did for the graduation. Um, we rode in the fire truck with Jim Silvestri, Jim Silvestri who also, also retired. I saw you guys; that yeah. was great. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. And Henry got to drive the fire engine. For That's us, even better. So yeah, it was really. So, did you have a hand in helping to organize that, or how did that all come together? No, yeah. not at all. Um, we got called to the principal's office. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all three of us, Jim, Scott, and I. And we sat down, and he said, okay, here's what we're going to do for graduation. And he told us the plan, and he goes, how would you guys like to be in the fire engine that leads the processional? And we're like, sure, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. We were kind of like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then we found out they were going to use the ladder truck, and I was all excited because I, I want to ride in the, in the bucket. The whole time. And <laughs> S- Silvestri was co-pilot, so he was blaring on that siren right. the whole time. Yeah. And, and uh, Henry told me that bucket would not be an option for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made us follow the rules. Kill joy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you beforehand, when the cars were lined up at LCSC and the families and the graduates, that was the thrill of a lifetime to be able to walk around and see the kids and the parents so excited mm-hmm. and cars decorated and some of them were just awesome it was oh and the community support when you drove through the town i mean people came out it was so Mm -hmm. incredible to see all the the, you know support that the that lewiston community gave to all these seniors Mm -hmm. it was really all along the stretch yeah well it was awesome that their name was on the on the window and you go good job taylor yeah right right you know whatever their name was yeah how how many kids graduated this year there was quite a few 309 309. Mm-hmm. We had one of the biggest years. We did, and I want to say it was somewhere around... four. Was right? it around there? Yeah, it was quite a few. 
Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our new Patreon account. That's right, OSP fans, you can now directly help us fund this show and get access to exclusive content. For more information and to learn how you can support the show, head to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I know I have to say for Shana Dinges, the class of 76 was the largest class to ever graduate from LHS. Oh, wow. Hmm. So. Wow. And, and that is your good friend, right? Yeah, she te- she taught at LHS. She's retired. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Psychology and U.S. history. She was the social studies department chair. chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had psychology from her. Yeah. Yep. yep. That was the dual credit psych class that I took. Yep. Yeah, that it. Um, the whole graduation celebrations this year, you know, it's kind of a, a double-sided thing. On, on one end, it's you know not fair that the students didn't get the traditional. You know uh, what? You know graduation, mm-hmm. but on the pomp other and hand, the pomp and circumstance. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know that's kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was fun. The parade yeah. seems way more fun than, yeah. than the than that the traditional ones. So, and then they got a story to tell. That's right. That's yeah, true. our daughter, our daughter-in-law, Kimmy, told us. I think she said she saw a meme about for all of you graduates feeling bad about missing out on commencement. Imagine sitting in the hot sun in a shower curtain, listening to someone read from the phone book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is way better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So we covered some ground on sort of how things changed in the teaching wor- world, but how, how did things sort of change for you in your time at LHS um, in the library? Oh, you know, when I came in, we had just, they had just automated the entire collection. And um, so that it was, we still had microfilm and microfish and things like that. And I'm probably speaking a foreign language, but... Um, Soon we had computers and CD-ROMs, and things were just moving quickly. And I have to say that Lewiston School District was a huge supporter of progress in libraries and was very good about funding initiatives for change. Um, We went for grants. We did all sorts of things. Of course, the biggest thing was that Lewiston High School Library is one of the founding members of Valnet, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And the first school to go in. And then eventually the elementaries and junior highs came in, I think, in 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be off on that a little bit. But anyway, um, and so that was a really great, it's been a great fun thing to be in. And I have this great connection with fellow librarians, um, the Valnet Library Directors, and um so we've we've seen a lot of progress and and parts of our collection like our reference section used to be so big and so expensive it's down to hardly anything because it's so much better for the online resources that you can purchase for students mm-hmm. that are vetted and reliable so so instruction in the library has changed because of all that and the way kids write papers now and the things they do and and learning to um, help students troubleshoot e-readers and all the digital the digital fun that's out there. It's yeah. just amazing. The right. last, yeah, in the last couple of years, one of the things that was really taking off of students were podcasts mm-hmm. and things like that. So so that yeah. was fun to watch too. Yeah, I think I think the very first time I held the original iPad in my hand was either in the library or was in your history of rock and roll class. I can't remember, but 
Was it? It was in the library. Yeah, yeah I, so. I, I remember going. Wow, this thing is amazing. Because you know, at that time, we still had the iPod Touch. Which so much better than an Etch a Sketch, right? It's so much <laughs> better. <laughs> Our iPad growing up. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, and for an Etch a Sketch, for those that don't know, is this little red thing, and it had two knobs, and you could draw a picture. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, Told my brother that I was born in the 1900s. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Ten years younger. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so I also enjoy that joke. Um, <laughs> so now you have some time uh, to work on your hobbies, which, um, I don't know, do you, do, you, do you enjoy spending much time outdoors? Are there any places you like to go around here? Or what are you guys going to be doing with your time now that you're not preparing for classes? Well, our um, good friends, Brian and Wendy Larson, got us um, McMinniman's passports, so <laughs> we're hoping to hit all the... Different McMinniman's throughout Washington State and Oregon. Yeah. I'm unfortunately not familiar yeah, with what that, that is. It sounds what? like a donut shop. Oh, yeah, oh, no, no, no. No, they, they are a business that goes into old, like, uh, they took an elementary school in Portland, Kennedy Elementary, and converted it into a hotel slash restaurant slash theater slash... I don't know. Swimming pool? No, I don't yeah, know. there's a. It's it's just they're so creative. There's a great one in Bend as well, and um, like they'll have a detention room, which is where you go if you're a smoker and you want to smoke a cigar or something. <laughs> you know. And they have theaters, and the kids can sit in really fun chairs, and they have recliners for the parents. And we did a spring break that way with our boys when they were little. Henry and Sam. Henry and Sam, and um, it was really fun. Yeah. And they watched Red Rats, and we sat back and drink beer in the back. Cause I think it was thornberries, actually. but Oh, thornberries. Both yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I wasn't watching the movie as close as you were. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and they have, they're just great. They're great very people. eclectic how they design things. And the amount of art they put in is really interesting. And they really preserve the history of the school and what it was. And, of course, they brew beer right on site. Mm-hmm. So it's a brewery that it does also, all this? Yeah, they yeah. also have uh, they also distill and make alcohol as well. Huh. Uh, yeah. Different. It that depends on which place you go to. Wow. I think it was. I hope I don't get this wrong, but I think it was Father McMenamin who said, um, "If someone says you can't do something, that's a good place to start." Mm-hmm. And that's an amazing quote. Yeah. They and have a. They, there is. It's a really cool thing. We would love for them to come in and look at some of these places in Lewiston, like the I think the Lewis Hart, Clark Hotel. Mm-hmm. Our friend Mongo Larson is um, always writing that on their little suggestion cards. Yeah. Come to Lewiston. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Because they are fun, fun places to go. They're destination places. So look into places. them. Look huh. into them. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, I will. So another thing that you might be doing with your free time is I think one or both of you serve on a board for our public library. Is that right? Uh, I used to serve on the li- on the library board. Oh, okay. Um, and I was their liaison to the um, foundation that Henry serves on. Okay. Um, and I was on it for around ten years, but about three years into getting into the new building, I was a, I wanted to help move us out of the the library. On uh, thing. On thing, yeah. The what was that like a Seven Eleven or something like that? Yeah, auto parts shop. I don't <laughs> yeah, what well, it is now? Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, I wanted oh, us to get to actually. A, uh, my it used to be a hardware store. Okay. Yeah. Um, if it's the building I'm thinking of, my grandpa owned it. 
Oh. Back in the day. Yeah. 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 And it had Quality like seven. Works it had like seven parking spots. Right. Mm-hmm. And and just it was not the best. It was originally meant to be just a a satellite library. And so when I went on to the board, uh, my big focus was to let's find a new place and let's fund it and pass a bond levy and get it done. And once we got that accomplished, I stayed on for a few more years and then decided it was time to let somebody more intelligent than I to take that position and uh, resigned. But uh, it was it was really a fun part of, you know, of helping the community and giving back to the community that's given our, our family so much already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that new library is amazing. It's, it's so it nice. is it's really super cool, cool and mm-hmm. it's, it's in a great part of town. And yeah, I bought my first tools for our first home at that at Herb Hardware when it was back in that building. Oh, so that's what that used to be, huh? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that it was a great store. It was a mm-hmm. fun one to go into. Yeah, yeah. So what was that space? Was it just vacant before it became the library, or what, what was in there? Oh, it was uh, interior design. That's right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever knew Gillette Zenner Jempe. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was also in there. that band with us. Yeah. <laughs> his, uh, his mom worked there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So. I swear it was haunted up there. They used to have um, one section of that building used to be apartments way back when. And when they were building the new, the new, we didn't have enough money to do the upstairs originally, so they just tore everything down to the studs to, to get it prepared, and we set up all the heating and cooling and plumbing for when we'd eventually go up to the second floor, which they've since done. But the original wallpaper from the 1800s. It was so cool. It the, was where up the, on the teen, walls. It's where the teen area is now mm-hmm. the, and the gaming room. I've got pictures it's, on my phone somewhere. But it was great. It yeah. was just like cool. going back in yeah, time. Yeah, you just walk back in time, and those rooms were really small. I mean, mm-hmm. they were rented out for the night type things. And mm-hmm. It was really a neat uh, you know, step back in history, which, again, it all comes back to history, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we were downtown Lewiston, the businesses all there, they have, they have really neat history. And, and who is it that's doing tours? Um, Gary Bush? Bush? No, I was thinking for beautiful downtown Lewiston. Oh, Courtney Kramer. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They do it yes, for okay. business owners and renters, right, to take right. them through. Yeah, that's coming right up. Uh, Dr. Amy Canfield, who was a guest on the show, also... Uh, mentioned that uh, there's a tour, a walking tour for potential business owners. And right. I don't know when it was exactly. We'll look at it. I've up. seen it. Yeah, we'll 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 put it out there. But that would be so interesting just to go through all the buildings mm-hmm. and, and just learn about what they used to be. I mean, obviously we did Casey's, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a few other things that are have some neat history like that too. Yeah, you just someone. I would recommend you get Mongo Larson in here to talk about some of those things he's as well as you know his experience on the river yeah as a river guide yeah. yeah that would be fantastic yeah yeah and speaking of which do you plan to spend some time out on the rivers this summer or? oh absolutely as many times as mongo will take me <laughs> <laughs> i plan to spend some time on the beach though there you go. <laughs> i make a good passenger not such a good rower but <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. She rat. makes a good shuttle driver. Oh, there you go. Those <laughs> yeah. are important. Th- thank Couldn't you. Do it without uh-huh. you. Thank exactly. You. I've been a shuttle driver. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, I love rafting. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. So, what rivers do you typically go down in this area? Um, well, Mongo and I have gone down several different parts of the of the Lower Salmon. Um, we usually hit if we do the Lower Salmon, we usually go you know put in at Hammer Crip and come out at Pine Bar just a day trip. 
And uh, sometimes we'll we'll go up to oh just a, just around Buffalo Eddy and put in there and and float down, find a beach, and hang out for a while there as well mm-hmm. on the snake. That's nothing too technical. So you yeah. <laughs> haven't haven't gone and done the the lock saw or anything like that. At no, this point? I haven't. Well, there's some good stuff on the lower salmon, depending on how far you go up, like China and all those. Oh, I've gone down that with Mongo too. Yeah, that's good. They, keep they, it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they um, have a rapid named after Scott called Scott Funk Must Die because it's actually called Right Way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, three times in a row, you know, you're supposed to when you enter, you're supposed to paddle to the right, and I kept getting sucked to the left and knocked out so we decided to call it that for a while but i haven't fallen out of my boat since and i've gone through it many a time (laughs) (laughs) but our boys both really love it too yeah yeah Yeah. both henry and sam it's such an amazing well when you get out there i mean rowing's fun and being on the river's fun but at night when the stars come out it's just something else Mm -hmm. it's amazing so isolated away from any light pollution and Mm-hmm. Well, and my favorite part is when somebody comes and takes me to a hotel so I can <laughs> sleep in a real bed. Yes, a bed and a shower are also, you know, you appreciate them all that much more. Continental breakfast. Thank you. <laughs> well, I imagine over the years you maybe came up with some of your favorite memories um, that, that you could share, possibly maybe one or two from, from your years at LHS, uh, if any come to mind. Like kids selling you weed or <laughs> attempting, attempting to sell you weed. Well, I want to, one sincere thing I have to say is when we came to Lewiston, um, unlike when we were in our first teaching experience where we had just, I, I mean, I think we're fairly social, social people and approachable, but we could not make friends. We couldn't. We couldn't get help. You know, it was just a very odd situation, and it didn't feel right for obvious reasons. At any rate, when we came to Lewiston, people were so friendly. I mean, it was the administration took us around. Dr. Glenn Morgan was principal at the time. Um, he was concerned that we had a place to stay. And offered us offered his basement. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And... Um, it just and then the teachers were all so welcoming. If you need any tips on where to rent or anything like that, and I mean this community was amazing. And you'd go to the store and and the clerks were friendly. And it, it, we were just like, this is amazing. Is it going to be what? Oh wait, we haven't met the kids. Yes. What are the kids <laughs> like? And that was a nice surprise too, because you know there's a reputation apparently when we first got there. You know the kids come in expecting to learn. And, you know, that just, which they do. And it's just over time, it's just kept going. And we've really, I've really enjoyed my years. And we both really enjoyed our years because of of the the community of LHS. And by and far, just respectful kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always one of those unfortunate incidences or memories or hardships or whatever. But all in all, just great kids, supportive parents. Right. It's... I, I just really wanted to say that because yeah, it's, it's true. It it's, really was. It a really is. For us. It's a special place. I mean, when I first got hired, um, most of the teachers I was working with had been there for ten, twenty, some even thirty years already, and they just didn't have a lot of openings because once people moved here and started working in the school system, it was like they're staying, and there isn't a huge turnover because of that. It's it's a it's a great place. This is a great place to live, and it's a great community to work for. Yeah. 
We so, think so. Yeah. <laughs> so one memory I have was my first year at LHS, and there was a fire drill. And um, the, way, the way you exit out of the library, you cross over to the practice field. And I stopped and was talking to one of the cooks. And all of a sudden, I realized that there's this man yelling at me to follow the rules and get across and get with the rest of the class. And I was, it was Coach Dwight Church, beloved Coach Dwight Church. <laughs> Great guy. And the cook said, Coach, this is our librarian. <laughs> and then he was beat red. He was so embarrassed. He's like, I really thought you were a student. Now, all those young teachers that are, you know, this many years old at LHS now would not ever believe that because they all think I'm ancient. But... There was a time. Mm. <laughs> I've got a couple. One I can probably share. Um, <laughs> um, it was about my first or second year at the high school, and they announced that they were in the middle of the school year. They were changing the the price of school lunches. It was going up like 50 cents for adult and 30 cents for the student. And I was up in the lounge that day eating my lunch, and they were talking about it, and I go, they're like, yeah, it's going to be this amount. I go, oh no, it's it's just going to it's only going to be thirty cents more. And they're like, no, it's going to be fifty cents because it's adults and so on. Went back and forth, and they go, oh my god, they think you're a student. And so the next day, I went down to buy my lunch, and she told me the price, and I said, um, did you know I'm a teacher here? And their face just turned bright red. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I guess you'll have to pay more now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You guys must have looked really young then, I oh, guess. We, yeah. I know. we were young. Yeah, te- this is what 35 years does to you. <laughs> you guys still look great. Oh, thanks, Drew. <laughs> that's true. It's that magic yeah. your mom's doing yeah. on my hair. Oh, is yeah. that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you have a last name like Funk... Sometimes people will mispronounce it and mm. not realizing, like in a parent-teacher conference, where they'll they'll say something that's awfully close to funk, but there's a C <laughs> instead of an N there. How they would make that mistake? <laughs> Is it a mistake? Well, <laughs> I you know the first time he said it to me when we were in the conference, this parent said that to me, and I'm like, I I'm being paranoid. You know, I misheard it. And then when he said it later, I stopped him and I corrected him. And he said, what have I been saying? And I told him how to pronounce my name. And he said, well, what have I been saying? And I told him what he had been saying. And he turned bright red. And we were done with the parent-teacher <laughs> conference really fast. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, geez. So you, you mentioned that, you know, people tend to sort of keep these positions when they get them mm-hmm. at, the, at the high school. Um, with this new high school and, and more room for more students, of course, is there going to be room for more teachers and staff as well? Well, yeah, certainly because of the fact that the freshmen will be on It's a complete district overhaul this time. Okay. Because yeah. we're moving, you know, the sixth graders are going to the, what was the junior well, yeah, high. it's going to be a middle school. It's yeah. going to be a middle school. And then the ninth grade teachers are coming to the high school that want to come. Right. And, you know, there's, there's a complete shuffle throughout the district. It's waved all the way through. Okay. So let's say that there is a young couple that is going to move here to become educators, and they look very young, almost mistakably as students. <laughs> uh, what, Gee, I can't imagine that. <laughs> what, what advice would you give them about, about teaching here and, and maybe the Valley in general? Well, I would just suggest that they avail themselves to any help and advice that they can get, that people will listen 
and help and to get involved. When we came, somebody told us, you know what you need to do. You need to get involved in the Lewiston Roundup. And we're like, what's the Lewiston Roundup? And they told us, and we said, okay. And they said, you want to volunteer? And we said, sure. And they told us we were going to be taking tickets. But something happened when we got there, and we were really slinging beer in the catch pen. Mm. And I have never, we both grew up Mennonite, (laughs) (laughs) not sheltered, but (laughs) I have never seen anything like that. I mean, that was an amazing experience. My feet were sticking to the floor where all the beers, <laughs> you just, you were like we drawn beer fast all enough. night. You yeah. could not. And then somebody threw a chair. Just <laughs> led to another. Wild yeah. thing. And, and we're the, like. the people behind the bar were like, oh, just keep going. This happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, holy cow. So um, we got involved in some other things in the, you know, we've, Attended Congo Pres Church right. and got yeah. to know a lot of people. Pastor there, John Williams, was really good about. I remember him, yeah. Checking mm-hmm. in on us and and so that was a great way and and I so I just tell people to to find connections and um, get out. We have great restaurants, we have great breweries, wineries. Now we didn't have the wineries like now. And, no, you know, and I, just, and, and the trail system. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. we bought. E-bikes, that's how old we are. So we have it, of course, they're back ordered, but um, we're hoping to do a lot of the e-bike thing. Yeah, I want one really bad for fly fishing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Our, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that first, remember that first year we were here, we, we didn't know much of this area. And so almost every weekend we'd get in the car and just drive a different direction and see what we could see. And it was a, a great discovery. And there's just so much to do outdoors and there's so many cool places you can go, and if you want snow, you can get to it. If you want, if you don't want snow, you don't have to to leave the valley, you know. And it's just, it's a really cool place. Uh, my father called us that first winter we were in in Lewiston, and and he said, "So, what's it like up there in the Great White North?" And I said, "It's really nice here, actually." And he's, I said, "What's the temperature in Kansas?" And he said, "Well, it's about 12 degrees, and with the wind chill factor, it's about six. And I said, well, here in Lewiston, it's about 35 degrees. And with the wind chill factor, it's 35 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of live in this little magical valley yeah. where it just doesn't get so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and the thing that really s- sold me on this valley was that first spring. Oh, my. Yeah, the dogwoods. That I love plants and, you know, yard work and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we're a tree city. Yeah. Just amazing. I always forget how many trees there are until you go up on, like, 21st or Thane or up here and you look out over the valley and it's just covered in trees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think it was my second year at the high school, we started an environmental club. Um, John Fisher was a science teacher, John, and then Beth Atkinson, another teacher, and Mongo Larson, also a teacher. Um, we did a, there was a landscaping plan done for the high school, the, the old high old school. High school. And um, it never was completed. So the students, we raised money. We had student bands played, and we made quite a bit of money. And then we were able to buy dogwoods, all those dogwoods on the north side of Booth Hall. We planted those and several Mm. of the ones around the high school. Some things had to come out because of, you know, progress, electrical work and things like that. But um, that was a really fun experience. And we got a flag that said Tree City, USA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think 
If you drive by, it's on Main Street. As you're coming across the Blue Bridge there, I think there's a little sign that says Tree City USA, and they update it every year. And I think this is the city's 32nd year or something mm-hmm. like that, being yeah. recognized as a tree city. Yeah. 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 The community really backs the school, too. And I think any new young teachers coming to Lewiston will feel that. I mean, I think people care about the school. They, they're they interested in what's going on inside the school. And um, it's it's a great... And it's a great place to, to grow as a teacher, too. You get a lot of opportunities if you're willing to uh, accept the challenges and try new things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You get a lot of support from administration. You get a lot of support from the support staff as well and from other teachers uh, mm-hmm. who are always really willing to share their ideas. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Well, thank you guys uh, for coming in. We have a couple end questions that we usually like to throw at you, and I suppose we should start with Scott because... We like to ask kind of what your favorite band is and or who have you been listening to lately. And again, I don't mean to interrupt, but maybe you should also follow that up with uh, your first date. Because your first date, I think, was a pretty cool story, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe we should start with that and yeah. then move into it. it. it ties <laughs> in, now I want to hear it. It ties into music. Oh, okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's have it. Well, the first date, um, I took her to a Death Leopard concert. This was back when they were One just, arm or two. Pyromania. <laughs> pyromania. Yeah, they were doing their pyromania. Rise up, gather <laughs> They had the original guitar player. The drummer still had two arms. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All of that. That was our first I date. was in Idaho that summer, and he called me, and he goes, I have two tickets to Def Leppard. Do you want to go? And I'm like, sure. And then I, I'm like, I got to listen to some Def Leppard. Because <laughs> honestly, it wasn't my genre at the time, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. I did take you to a police concert, yes, too. Yes, yeah, UB40 was the opening act. Yeah, they were doing their Labor of Love album, and the police were doing Synchronicity, which was uh, it was a really good concert as well. But mm-hmm. um, favorite band? That's a hard question, because uh-huh. you know, my students are always asking me that, and I, it depends on what mood I'm in at the time. Sure. You know, I mean, if you're going to, if you want to be honest, if the band that would be my favorite band simply because they did so much for rock and roll is probably the Beatles. I know that's a standard answer for a lot of people, but they did change things dramatically. Uh, my favorite album, on the other hand, has always been the debut album of Boston. Uh, oh, okay. I read somewhere, and I think this is really true, uh, that um, whatever music you were into from about age 15 to 21 is the music you're going to listen to the rest of your life. And Boston was really big when I was in high school. And the lead guitar player, Tom Schultz, had invented a device for his guitar that made the tonality of the guitar sound different than any other guitar that had been recorded up to that point, and it really hit me. And so I got that album, and of course, you know, there's tons of hit songs off that album, so I really enjoyed that album. Uh, but, God, you know, the favorite band, I'd have, to give you, <laughs> I'd have to give you about 500 of them. Well, but we, we might to have to lately. have you back on to discuss music at some point because you've also been to a lot of really cool shows over the years, too. Oh, uh, yeah, I've had the good fortune. I grew up near Wichita, Kansas, and they always had great bands go through. Um, I, I saw, um, well, I saw Bruce Springsteen in Kansas City, but I saw a lot of great bands through, through Wichita. Uh, I went to a small venue and saw the Ramones. Um, when I was in Europe, I saw Queen. Uh, the Rolling Stones, and, you know, just, I had a lot of great opportunities, and I took advantage of them. And, 
I don't, we haven't gone to, to concerts lately, really, other mm-hmm. than local performers here in the Valley. And there are a lot of great, great performers here in this Valley. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brian Grimm. Yeah. <laughs> Friday the 26th at Riverport. And then where? I don't think I have anything planned after that for now. That should be fun. Yeah. We um, had the great fortune of listening to our son perform at Rivara last night. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And our youngest son, Sam, Sam is yeah. all the way in Indiana now. So. We miss him. Wow. But he came home for a couple of weeks when we, our retirement time. So yeah. that was he, nice. Is he studying or is he working right He's now? He's working um, for a orthopedic. It's a biomedical company called Zimmer. I, it sounds familiar, actually. Zimmer Biomet, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a biological engineer, and uh, they design artificial knees and ankles and things of that nature and we're hoping for a discount yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's too far away for our our liking we we miss yeah. him yeah it's it's good to be close to family i mean that's one of the reasons i'm still here and mm-hmm. i'm sure drew too it's it's nice to have family around right so marianne okay the police no, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I bought those tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I like the police, but uh, this is a hard one for me, too. But I really, I always have loved Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm. And I love the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. And uh, I was just getting used to the fact that Tom was really gone, and then we lost John Prine. So lately, mm. I listened to the tree of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Prine's last album. Yep. Mm-hmm. And That's, I play that a lot. So. Yeah. Um, Sam Stone is one of my all-time favorite songs. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yep. And we listen a lot of Casey Musgraves lately, too. Oh, she's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Her oh lyrics. Just, she's so funny. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. Love yeah. She's great. She's probably one of my favorite current artists. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you guys again for coming in. This yeah. was so nice. It's it good was to, uh, great to be. Get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad that uh, all of your students uh, from the past can, can sort of listen and, and remember all the memories that you guys had together. I know. I should have done lots of shout-outs to my library aides. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, my word. Here Put you here. on the spot. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. We can do it later. You can just post it on the Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I mentioned you all. It was really fast. <laughs> cool. she, had, she had library aides that ended up getting married. Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I have three sets. Yeah. Of huh. library well, match romances. Wow. I love it the library. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, you guys read a good book this summer. This episode of the show is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. That's going to do it for this week, but the shows are not over. Get caught up on the backlog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for listening.